0: Hello, and welcome to the Rock God's Living Funeral podcast. I'm Alan Lyons. Thank you for joining, and thank you for continuing to listen and showing your support. The audience for our podcast is continuing to grow, and if you're enjoying it, please do share the podcast link with your friends, and please join us on Facebook. You can find our page on Facebook by searching Rock God's Living Funeral podcast. Please do take the time to do that. We'd love to see you there. On our last podcast, co-host and friend of the show John Wardle and I talked about Motley Crue, and during the podcast John asked me about Motley Crue's version of Helter Skelter. Of course I told John that I loved Motley Crue's version. However, it always struck me as a bit strange that when you listen to a 1980s heavy metal band's version of the song, it really wasn't all that different from the original. It wasn't arranged much differently, it wasn't at a faster tempo. He didn't use more guitars, and Vince Neil's voice wasn't any louder or stronger. The Beatles' version of Helter Skelter is completely off the charts in terms of its heaviness. Of course, it comes from the White Album, and it comes from Paul McCartney. Paul McCartney, the balladeer, the crooner, the soft Beatle. Paul McCartney's reputation started to suffer in the early 1970s when he left, and put out his first few solo albums, and then went on to lead the band Wings. Some of the criticism that Paul received came from fans, some from music critics, and some came from John Lennon, who publicly criticized his music, especially in the early 1970s. He famously called it Engelbert Humperdinck music. I'd like to push back on his reputation for cheesy music a little bit, Because I think it is really unfounded. When Paul was with the Beatles, and throughout his solo career, he performed, pretty consistently, some hard rock songs. And his body of hard rock songs is considerable. It's nothing to be ashamed about. He's got nothing to apologize for. I've also been thinking about Paul McCartney, because frankly, he's never that far from my mind, I'm always listening to the Beatles or some of his songs with wings all the time. And I have since I was born. I recently saw Paul perform on the COVID-19 fundraiser. And I also recently watched Paul McCartney's turn on James Corden's Carpool Karaoke. Usually I'm not a big fan of James Corden. But this was quite a departure from driving around Los Angeles singing Justin Bieber songs. James Corden spent a lot of time with Paul in Liverpool. They actually visited the flat that he grew up in. They went inside, and Paul gave us a tour through this little row house flat in Liverpool where he grew up, where he learned how to play guitar, where he and John Lennon hung out and wrote and performed for the first time. Later on in the segment, he performs at a local pub. And it was incredible to watch, you know, the nine people who happened to be in the bar quickly surge up to 20 people, then 40, then 100, then 150. And then after they had to close the bar down to new people, the lineup outside the pub window formed, and it had to stretch back 15 or 20 rows. It was pretty magical. It illustrated once again everyone's connection with Paul McCartney and his music, the music of the Beatles. The point of this podcast is not to just list a bunch of songs, but in order to convince you of my point that Paul McCartney does have a significant and incredibly valuable body of hard rock songs, I do have to, in fact, list off some songs to buttress my argument. And of course, I know I'm going to miss some, So get on the Facebook page, let me know about it. Let's have some of that fake internet outrage. Let's start off with one of the most fun hard rock songs that Paul delivered, which is I'm Down. It was the B-side to the song Help. Paul says that this is his little Richard impression, and that makes total sense when you listen to his vocals on it. Interestingly, on an earlier Rock Gods podcast, we talked about Aerosmith's album Permanent Vacation, and lo and behold... Aerosmith, on that album, does a great version of I'm Down. It's a standout on that album. I'm Down is a real rocking song, and it starts to set the stage a little bit for some of the harder songs that he puts out on Revolver and Sgt. Pepper's, you know, Lovely Rita. But nothing could have prepared us for what he delivers on the White Album. Helter Skelter comes out of fucking outer space. The first proto-heavy metal song. Look, I'm sure there's some geeky music journalist historian who will say that, you know, Helter Skelter wasn't the first heavy metal song. Actually, there was this band called The Flubbers who played nine shows in Manchester in 1966 and put out one album, and that was the start of heavy metal. But the first heavy metal song in terms of a band that actually had an audience, that had total influence, global reach, it all comes back to Helter Skelter. In fact, in my mind, we can pinpoint the exact moment in time where heavy metal is born. It's three minutes and ten seconds into Helter Skelter when the reprise begins and it's that chung 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 low register guitar sound, that's it. Paul's voice is just everywhere all the time on this song. He's whooping, he's screaming. It's absolutely relentless. One reason why Helter Skelter may not have cemented Paul's reputation for hard rock music is because it's one of the Beatles' least popular songs, especially with the Baby Boomer generation. In 1971, there was a poll of all the Beatles songs, and Helter Skelter came in the bottom five. And I think that the contemporaries, the fans, the baby boomers, had a negative reaction to this song, A, because of its heaviness, its unique heaviness, and the connotation of Helter Skelter with the Manson family murders was incredibly negative, The Manson Family Murders was one of the nails in the coffin of the 1960s. And people were pissed and scared. Over the decades, the negative reaction towards Helter Skelter has receded. It's been re-recorded by numerous artists. It's the first song on Rattle and Hum by U2. It's been covered by Aerosmith. Probably my favorite cover version of Helter Skelter is by Soundgarden from a live album they put out in the mid-90s. They actually slow it down. It's not like Rusty Cage. They slow it down, and Chris Cornell's vocal is absolutely perfect for this song. He uses that searching with my good eye closed, ominous vocal style, and it works. And of course, Rob Zombie recorded it. Did I even have to mention that? And Motley Crue included it on Shout at the Devil in 1983, which started this whole conversation in the first place. Now, Helter Skelter was on an entirely different level than the other hard songs that Paul contributed to the White Album, but we can't forget about Back in the USSR and Birthday, which in terms of lyrical content is really happy and upbeat, but the music is driving And his vocals are really hard on it. And I know this goes without saying, but how incredible is it that on an album where he delivers Helter Skelter, Paul McCartney also contributes songs like Mother Nature's Son and Blackbird. I mean, these are lullabies. On the Beatles' final album, Let It Be, Paul contributes one of my favorite Beatles songs, I Got a Feeling, which has to be one of his best vocal performances. Maybe his best as a Beatle. In spite of these really cool heavy songs, including the first heavy metal song, Paul is still not known as the heavy Beatle or the rocking Beatle. John Lennon has that sewn up. Part of that has to do with his voice. It's a little deeper. It's not as smooth as Paul's voice. And the way that he wrote songs and presented songs means that even his slower songs have a heavier element in them. Even when John sings a ballad, like You've Got to Hide Your Love Away, it has an edge to it, which really impacts the listener. And even one of his most sentimental songs, In My Life, there's an undertone there of harshness. And Paul just doesn't have that edge to his voice. Okay, let's turn now to the 1970s and look At what happened to Paul McCartney's heavy music, the answer is actually nothing. He continued writing love songs. Some of those songs you might call cheesy. But on every album that he put out during the 1970s, there was a large percentage of hard rock songs. In 1971, off the album Ram, he put out a song called Too Many People. The song is not that heavy. But he's doing some really good things with his voice that adds some heaviness and some urgency to that song. It's an important song because it was a bit of a slag against John Lennon. And then John Lennon came back and posterized him with How Do You Sleep? And that may have cemented his reputation as being a softie in the 1970s. In 1973, Band on the Run was released. The song Jet, again, not anywhere close to Helter Skelter in terms of the heaviness of the music, but we love his voice on that track. It's screeching, his voice is cracking, and that adds a lot to that song. In 1975, Wings releases Venus and Mars with the song Rock Show and Junior's Farm. Around this time, Wings releases a live album called Wings Over America, And it's an opportunity to appreciate some of the heaviness of the music. There's a concert film from this time called Rock Show. It's from a concert in Seattle in 1976. It is worth watching. What's interesting is when you look at Paul McCartney and Linda McCartney together on stage and how they interact, there's a lot of warmth between the two of them. I mean, this was a true husband and wife. And maybe his solid happy marriage and family life was one of the reasons why that hard side didn't come out very often. The next studio album is called Wings at the Speed of Sound, which was released in 1976. And you know, this is the album that contains the infamous Silly Love Songs. But sandwiched in there between some of these ballads is a tune called Beware My Love. And I think this is one of Paul's greatest vocal performances of all time. It's not the heaviest song, but his vocal on this tune is incredible. He's screaming, he's whooping, his voice is cracking all over the place. It just makes the song take off. The Wing's final studio album is called Back to the Egg, and it had quite a number of rocking songs on it. One tune is called Spin It On. Another one, which is really quite heavy, is called Old Sir." And there was a B-side to the song Mall of Kintyre called Girl's School. The lyrics are a bit raunchy on that one. I try not to investigate Paul McCartney's lyrics too closely after I learned that Martha, my dear, was actually about Paul's old English sheepdog. Now, just in the last 10 or 15 years, things have gotten really interesting with Paul McCartney. One that really stands out to me is called I'm Partial to Your Abracadabra which is a song by Ian Drury and the Blockheads, which Paul recorded for a compilation album in 2001. Ian Drury's original version of this song is really quite soft. The vocals are very, very gentle. But when Paul McCartney gets a hold of this song, he doesn't pull any punches. He really puts together a fantastic, hard performance. It's a wild vocal. In 2013, Paul collaborated... With an Italian EDM group called the Bloody Beetroots, the song is called Out of Sight. And it's just bizarre to hear his classic voice up against some really modern-sounding music. It's a really heavy song, sort of this wall-of-sound modern production. But he doesn't get lost in that sound. He's just absolutely wailing on it. Finally, in 2013, Paul's in his 70s, And he collaborates with Dave Grohl on a song called Cut Me Some Slack. Now, this was off the soundtrack from Dave Grohl's documentary called Sound City, which was about the Sound City music studios in Van Nuys, California. It's a really famous studio where Nirvana recorded and where dozens of seminal albums were recorded, including Rage Against the Machine's self-titled album, And Fleetwood Mac recorded there while trying to murder and fuck each other all at the same time. So cut me some slack. Paul is well into his 70s. He's recording this song with Dave Grohl. And it absolutely rocks. It's so heavy. His voice, again, is just everywhere all over the place. Screaming, growling, snapping, whooping. It's just a tour de force and a great, great song. So Paul McCartney is still there making music, still collaborating, and still playing hard music, just as he's always done. We're expecting him to be around for a long time, but he is getting up there in age, so we definitely wanted to pay tribute to him. And obviously, when he passes away, eventually, there is going to be such an incredible outpouring of grief, of celebration. What a career to even try to understand. But we just wanted to take a very thin slice of what he's provided to us over the decades and maybe change some hearts and minds along the way who have sort of fallen asleep on his harder rock songs. Okay, thank you for coming along and listening once again to the Rock God's Living Funeral podcast. Remember to share the podcast. Find us on Facebook. Share the Facebook page. We will be coming back soon with more episodes. So thank you for joining us, and we'll see you later.